0: Welcome, welcome to The Freedom Show. I'm your host, Danny Savage. Freedom to talk about whatever you want. So today we have a guest on our show today. It's my friend Marcus, long time friend Marcus. And today the topic is going to be about awareness within your relationship. Some good advice. What's bringing this to light is the Gabby Petito case and abusive toxic situations in a relationship so I got my friend Marcus on here to talk about some of his journey what he's been through give us some experience he's been married for quite a long time to a really wonderful lady so he's been on this journey for quite some time and he has some really great knowledge to give us all so I'm gonna go ahead and hand it over to you Marcus and let you go from there just tell the tell the listeners what's some of your brief story, what you've been through, the lessons you learned, and where you're at now today.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Marcus uh, Marcus Seymour, who I am. Uh, been married for 15 years now. Um, it's been uh, it's been a journey, like you said, Danny. Um, a lot has happened. Um, I have a wonderful family, three beautiful women, uh, little girls grown up to be adult uh, and yeah I don't know exactly where to start you said uh, I have some knowledge uh, I just have life bro uh, it's not uh I guess it's for the listener if it's it's if they deem it uh, knowledge or not, but uh, all I can do is speak for what I've gone through and and uh, what I've put other people through you know um so where to start uh so two thousand and seven I believe yeah. 2007, um, had our first child. So we were married in 2006, sorry. Um, going back a year. 2006, met my wife, California. I met her at a, a birthday party. Um, six months later, we got hitched. Um, she, she's an amazing person. She was amazing back then. She's you know, been amazing throughout the whole process. Um, but yeah, six months in, proposed. We eloped-ish. I mean... My family knew that we were going to get married. Her family, we sort of sprung it on them at the very last moment, um, so they weren't too happy about it. But uh, so right off the bat, we we were de- dealing with uh, a little bit of turmoil um, on, on that front. You know, we moved from California all the way over to Ohio. Uh, she just turned eighteen. I was twenty. I think I just turned twenty. Or 20, twenty? Yeah, I think it's twenty at the time. So, uh, moved cross country. Um got married. She became pregnant very quickly. Um actually she was pregnant when we uh, got married, but she unfortunately lost the, the first one. But uh so we turned around, and got pregnant again. And so all these things, you know, really played a huge effect initially. Um when we probably should have been focused more on each other, we were dealing with things like uh baby moving new careers uh just getting settled uh so there's a lot of factors that played in not using them, any of those for an excuse uh, but uh yeah it was it was it was rough at the very beginning uh
0: would you so, would you would you say that it was rough because you guys really didn't know each other that well and you guys are so young or
1: yeah so like i i knew of her um Through her cousin. I didn't know her uh, until the day of. uh, She was actually, her cousin was uh, a friend of mine growing up through high school, uh, middle school. And uh, she was the one that uh, sort of brought Stephanie, which is my wife, into my, uh, I guess, field of view. Um, And so I didn't know a lot. All I knew is, you know, she's attractive. I like her. We, We got, we like the same things. We sort of, you know, just the typical stuff that, you know, an 18 and 20 year old kid, you know, thinks that, well, oh, this is what drew us together. You know, looking back now, it's like, well, shit, that wasn't really deep. That was pretty superficial. But, you know, at 18 and 20, what do you really know about love? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all just emotional base at that point, in my opinion. So, um, so yeah, so we, you know, get married, move it out. Um, and so that's where the journey begins. Um and man, has it been a journey? Uh, like I said, three kids in 15 years. Um, and, uh, we've relocated to a different state now. We both have careers. Um, it's just a different place in life, but the journey itself has been, has been hard. Um, nobody told us, and I'm not going to speak for her. Maybe at one point in time, you can have her on the podcast and she can share her experience from her point of view. But, uh, Nobody told me or told her how difficult it was going to be. You know, people allude to it and people are like, yeah, it's going to be rough. You know, it's don't think sucks. Um, <laughs> what they don't tell you is, man, um, it, it hits you fast and hard. Um, but, yeah. Um,
0: what would you, we'll uh, how, how did your family feel? How did her family feel about you guys' relationship initially?
1: Uh, initially? Well, like I said, we left on bad terms with her family. Um, that really hasn't changed much, unfortunately. Um, and it's I'm not throwing anybody on the bus here, but you know, I know for a fact that she has tried. She's tried her, her very hardest, um, and they probably have in their own way. But uh, once again, being uh, halfway across the nation uh, doesn't help. Um, and there's just a lot of hurt um, that that I didn't realize she was carrying. Um, there's a lot of hurt that she realized I was carrying. so um, all that plays in all that factors in. So my parents are very happy. they still are very happy. you know they they have got a wonderful daughter-in-law, uh, which they love tremendously. Um, she has a good relationship with them. Uh, so for at least we have one group of parents that are are you know in our lives that are happy. Um, we wish both would be, but you know, Obviously, that's not the case. Um, let's see what I i guess. Talking about going back to our previous conversations, and I, I and this is sort of difficult because I know that you and I have talked about a lot of things before coming on the podcast. So I don't know. It's probably going to be more like a question and answer type thing for you, because I don't want to just start talking and the the listener not know what the hell I'm talking about. So. Um,
0: Right. So, so for the listeners, you know, right. So for people that are in a relationship and they're having a bunch of issues, especially a lot more issues now more than ever because of the COVID and a lot more people are home and having those interactions and some people don't have the jobs they used to have. So for me, it's just like, I would really like to hear your insight, you know, to help the listeners how to deal with issues within their relationship when they're going through drama, conflict. It's more about you have a lot of experience and I would like for you to just share with those listeners, you know, that one there is hope, you know, don't don't give up, don't just walk away. That was something I kind of brought up in another podcast when I first did the Gabby Petito case was that you know if you're in a toxic abusive relationship you should get out but getting out doesn't necessarily mean that to run away you know if you put in the work like you obviously are going through things and you love that person you don't just want to walk away from them if you didn't love them then of course you're going to walk away with no no hard feelings you know nothing attached because you wasn't really in love with that person to begin with but a lot of times what's happening is you're in this relationship it's a toxic relationship and the cycles just keep repeating themselves and what ends up happening is you're just like oh man okay you get to that point where you're almost breaking and then the cycle shifts and it goes it starts all over then you start loving each other everything's good and then bam another conflict happens and then just more and more those conflicts keeps pushing the people to say hey eventually it's over So what I was saying in the last podcast was that you have one of two options if you're in a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship. Whether you're the abuser, they're the abuser, or you're both abusers, is that you can walk away or you can put the work into change and that ultimately ends the toxic relationship. But the biggest point was that in order to end the toxic relationship, both people have to change and be willing to come together. And that's where the love comes in is both people understand. Both people say, hey, I'm a messed up individual. I got trauma. I got things in my past that I need to deal with. Same to you. But as long as we're putting the working together, that toxic relationship ends up being a successful, non-toxic relationship. So for me, I know I've talked to you personally going through different things and just getting your advice and you've had some solid advice. So it's just like, from your end, what you shared with me was that, you know, you you put people that love you and cared about you through a bunch of different things. So what was the your wake-up point? What made you realize, like, hey, whoa, okay, I need to change?
1: Yeah, so like Danny was saying, um, unlike most callers or most, uh, I, I'm probably the villain in this story. I was talking to my wife the other day. Um, simply, we were just after you talked about it, coming on the podcast. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm the one that put the others through the, the ringer, right? So that's where my perspective comes a little bit differently from another person, like, say, Francis Bethany. But for me, what really woke me up, um, was the, there was many times, but the, the one big one. Um, was I had done some stupid knucklehead stuff, and uh, I thought, I was like, Yep, this is it, we're done, and not, we're, we're it's a wrap, you know. And she came and looked at me, and I was fully expecting the wrap to go. Um, yeah, no, it was the very opposite. And I think it was sort of like a wake up call for both of us at, at that moment. I think she understood that. I was dealing with some shit in my past and I was hurting uh, the, the whole thing. to her people, her people, right? Uh, I think she came to the realization then that was what's up. And I came to the realization right then that love comes in many forms. And and during that instance, it came through the form of, of grace um, and mercy. And honestly, being, being the son of a pastor and, being the son of a missionary, you think that you would have understood this at a younger year, right? Um, an earlier age in life. But unfortunately, I missed that Sunday school class or something because it took me, and I think this was back in 2016 when this happened, it took me many, many years uh, to finally realize that, holy crap, dude, um, love is love is awesome. Um, and it so people ask, you know, what what changed is my realization that she loved me and she stood through all the shit, right? So it wasn't just like I said one time I I am a serial stupid person, right? I'm <laughs> always doing something dumb. Now uh I'm working to change those ways. Um uh, but you know, yeah, there's no excuse for what I've done. But I don't focus on that either. And neither does she. It's been very encouraging. Um, and like you said before, it takes both. It, it's not just one person. It's not just uh, It wasn't just her because we, we tried, you know. Uh, she tried to change me. And she'll readily admit that. Um, and I half-heartedly tried to change myself, not knowing that I still had to peel away a lot of layers of my onion. She has this analogy that we're all onions, right? We all have a layer. And it's still until we start peeling away, we really can't get to the core of the problem. So, there's a lot of times where we we'll are be like projecting uh, our problems and sort of like gaslighting the other person, thinking that, you know, it's their problem, where reality is just like, hey, step back, take a look. And that's what I was doing. I was doing that for, I'd say, about 10 years. I uh, was just acting out, projecting, you know, my insecurities, uh, just being a But uh, through that all, She just remained steady and loved me um, unconditionally. And I think that was when 2016, uh, January 2016 is when I I had that realization of like, holy shit, you know, this person really loves me. She's willing to, you know, do life no matter what. And uh, yeah. So hopefully that answers your question, but, uh,
0: yeah. So basically you're saying that, you know, your wife stuck by your side through a bunch of things, a bunch of valleys, as we'll call them a bunch of dark times where you were focused on your own wants, your own desires, and you really didn't care, you know, in a self-centered way, you didn't care how that impacted her or, what that actually did to her until finally it just got to a point where, you know, you issued so much damage to her that you finally was able to see her for this person, this amazing loving person that was showing you, Hey, I love you unconditionally. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you going home and you have this awesome, you know, loyal dog at your, at your house that, you know, he's your best friend. He's, he's the guy that, you know, protects you when, when people are trying to hurt you and is there to, you know, keep everything in order and you just come home, you take all your, all your, all your stuff out, you know, your stresses from work or, you know, you neglect them, you leave them home. You don't, you don't ever really take them out. But every time you come home and through years and years of that, You finally sit down there one day and you just wake up and say, wow, dude, you've always been here, you know, and no matter what, no matter how mean, no matter how messed up I've been to you, you're still here loving me unconditionally. And I use that analogy in comparison, you know, to relationships because it's such a such a beautiful thing. Once you finally wake up and you say, wow, you don't love me for things that I'm giving you. You don't love me for. Superficial things. You're not. You're not here with me through this journey because of whatever reasons that you are. And I think that's a. I think that's a really uh, a factor in a in a relationship because a lot of relationships. It's a. Well, what can you get for me? What can I get from you? Oh, How, yeah. Is this is this going to make my life better? Of course, being you an, now. right. You know, right. especially, right. especially now. So if you're in a relationship, that's one of the things like, Hey, is this person going to make my life better or worse? I don't think anybody's going to get in a relationship and say, Hey, you know, Hey, this girl's going to totally wreck my life. and My life's going to be way worse than what I started right. or from a girl's perspective, Hey, I'm going to get with this guy because he's bringing nothing to the table and he's not going to give me anything in return. No, you, you're, that's a, that's an automatic thing for us. So it's just like, right. you know, but going through your situation, it was just so powerful because you finally hit that wall. Whereas like, no matter what you did, you were expecting the worst in that situation. You're expecting her to throw in the towel and say, you know what? That's enough. And I can't take it anymore. But she stood by your side. And that is the love that is passed along. And like you said, you're, you're like a a leader, religious leader, your pastor, missionary so your whole thing is to be a reflection of that and to say hey you know what this is what this is about and that that's the whole message that was going across the board is that unconditional love love your neighbor love if you love yourself you love your neighbor then you're able to love that's the whole message that's supposed to be out there so it's like right with her that was your wake-up point but now you're at another amazing part of the journey which is realization one that you went through all of these things and she stuck by your side, but now you're waking up and saying, man, I realize how much I hurt her. So that's where the psycho right. comes all the way back around. That's where the love starts having that, oh, that magnetic it, feel right there, because yeah. now you're able to give all that love all those years. She was loving, 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 loving. Now she, she's deprived. She's, she's, she's depleted yeah. her oh, yeah. soul, her dude. energy, you know? Right. Right. And, so you
1: hit it right on the head, man. You hit it like when you said you gave me goosebumps right now because you're talking about cycle. And that was what I was thinking about when I was, I was just driving here, and like she learned to love me for the first ten years, and she still does. I'm not saying that she doesn't now, but she learned. She learned the true essence of love because of the retardedness that I've done. But that being said, like you said, this cycle comes back. Now I'm having to learn how to love her, which is the beauty of it all. It's like, I don't want to say that everybody has to go through the experiences that we had to. I don't wish that upon anybody. I I wish everybody would know what love is and understand the journey of love at the very beginning. But with my situation, I am now having to deal with the fallout of my past. And in doing so, I'm having to, to love her and understand love even more because of the hurts, because of the pain that I've inflicted. So there's beauty in the pain both ways. You know, there's beauty that because of her love, through the pain that I was, you know, giving, she came and continued love, which brought me around. But then because of the pain that I inflicted, I am now having to learn an even deeper love than what I initially would have had to because now I'm now now she's dealing with triggers. Now she's dealing with uncertainties. Now she's dealing with, even though she loves me, don't get me wrong. But now I have to love through those. One of those frustrating moments is like, well, what what triggered you? What happened? You know, why are you acting like this? And knowing fully well, oh, okay, well, I can understand that. And that's still a process for me. I'm still working through that. While she's working through her stuff, I'm working through my stuff. And I know it's. I'm totally butchering the analogy. It's not even an analogy, but the example of what I'm trying to portray. But it is a cycle, you know, and that's the beauty of it. Because I sometimes feel that, that God allows us to go through some things to really understand um, the true essence of things. Um, and I, I think that once you, as a, as, a, as a unit, right, you and her understand the essence of love, it's so much more beautiful. Uh, I don't
0: know. Yeah. So we're going we're going to go ahead and do we're going to do a part two, maybe even part three of this because it's such a deep message that we're really trying to get across and communicate to our listeners. But to conclude this episode, for just one solid piece of advice, when you're going through conflict within your relationship, specifically what is the best piece of advice you can give our listeners on how to get through that conflict?
1: So I was listening to a message this morning. I was out, i sometimes, I have five acres, right? So I have to mow. And some days I'm like, yeah, it sucks. But most days I, I enjoy it because I can put my headphones on and go out there and just listen to whatever. Um, and I'll just put something on YouTube and it'll just go through the playlist of whatever they have. They have, uh, Recommended for me. <laughs> it happened to be a, a Craig Rochelle from Life Church. He popped on, and uh, he was talking about anger and uh, those people. But, anyways, one of the points he was making was the anger. Uh, whenever he was angry, he would he would lose a moment of happiness. For every moment he was angry, he would lose a moment of happiness. Um, for you know, he never he was never he was, ne- he was never fulfilling his purpose while angry that never has been the case or with him nor with anybody. And I was thinking about that. I was like, man, if we can apply that. So we get angry at our spouse, at our partner, or whatever, um, for whatever they might do or what, you know, just for me, I sort of looked at it like, ah, we just can't go to bed angry. Can't you know, it's just sort of like, Don't sweat that stuff. It's just, um, it's uh, more complex to explain, but for me at least, I I look at the approach of, it's not worth it, right? It's not worth being angry. It's it's work towards what you want. Instead of being focused on what currently is, you know, yes, I'm not saying that's not important. Yes, I'm not saying the toxicity or the problem that you're facing is not, not real. But, take steps instead of focusing on that being angry or being frustrated or being depressed or whatever. And and once again, every, every situation is different, but the overall point that I would like to drive home is that just have faith in tomorrow and move towards that and say, you know what, there is a better tomorrow. Um, and I'm going to take steps to get there because you can only work on yourself, right? You can't work on her. You can't work on you. You can only work on yourself. So my advice at this point in my life, and and I think my wife would echo this, is truly just focus on yourself, work on yourself, try to be the best version of you moving forward, and life will unfold the way life must unfold. So don't put it.
0: Awesome, Marcus. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. This is The Freedom Show. I'm your host, Danny Savage. I want to say thank you guys for listening. Please stay tuned. We will be doing a part two and getting more deeper into some of the crucial steps you can take. And when conflict happens, how to overcome that conflict and the benefits on the other side. Thank you guys. We'll see you guys next time.